Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Opair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years. Opairinamerica.com. A dashing young heir to one of America's most famous families had a dream. He loved to race expensive cars, and he wanted a road tailor-made to do it. He built his speedway on Long Island in 1908. It was the first road in the country designed just for cars. He called it the Long Island Motor Parkway, but it was better known as the Vanderbilt Parkway. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, and I was surprised to learn how long auto racing has been around. The first auto races go back to the turn of the 20th century. Henry Ford hadn't made his famously affordable Model T yet, so you had to have a lot of money to own one. William K. Vanderbilt II had a lot of money. He was an heir to what at the time was one of the biggest family fortunes in America. Photos show a handsome, stylish young guy with dandied up hair and a mustache. William was in his 20s when he got into racing. He was fascinated by the automobile. Remember, this is a brand new toy for people, especially if you were rich. Howard Kroplick is an expert on William Vanderbilt's life and work. He says cars back then were pretty dangerous. Fairly flimsy and, and very thin wheels and they would break down, but he enjoyed the excitement of racing. Vanderbilt and his friends raced on the streets of Newport, Rhode Island, where his family built huge summer mansions. The city of Newport objected to these rich people driving down the main street, racing each other. So they resorted to racing at a horse track. These were the first big races that Vanderbilt participated in. He had the most expensive cars, and he usually won all his races. Including one of the first racing events to be held in Daytona, Florida, later a town synonymous with racing. Williams set a land speed record, 92 miles per hour, behind the wheel of his beloved Mercedes in 1904. It was the highlight of his racing career. He was showed up on, on major newspapers. Most of the automobile trade magazine said this is a real pioneer here in racing. That year, William decided to hold his own race on Long Island. The first annual Vanderbilt Cup ran for 30 miles down dusty city lanes and winding country paths, roads built for foot traffic and horse-drawn carriages. Howard says William Vanderbilt had to grease a lot of palms to make it happen. He had to talk to all the government officials that they would close down the road on a Saturday morning, early morning, so that he could run his races. About 25,000 people showed up for the inaugural race. That number exploded to around 200,000 two years later in 1906. Back then were what I called a Super Bowl of its day. It was front page of every major newspaper. It was on a public roads. There were no major fences keeping people in. And invariably, people would jump in front of the, in the, on the road to see where the cars were coming. And invariably, people would get hit by a car. The worst such accident happened at the 1906 race, when a spectator was hit by a car thrown 15 feet in the air and died. It was a tragedy and a public relations disaster for Vanderbilt and his team. They said never again will they use public roads for the Vanderbilt Cup races. It could have been the end of the road race, if not for William Vanderbilt's money. 
He decided to build his own road from Queens to Suffolk County's Lake Ronkonkoma with hardly any restrictions and where he could eventually hold his races. That's the making of the first road built specifically for the automobile, the Long Island Motor Parkway. Or its inevitable name, the Vanderbilt Parkway. It wasn't just for race cars. It was for everyone, as long as he could pay the toll to get on the road. Vanderbilt announced his parkway to the public with a wordy, grandiose speech by his head engineer. It's so over the top, I asked our news director, Terry Sheridan, to read it at the site of where the road used to be in Queens. Long Island, like the empire of ancient Rome, is to have its Appian Way, a great wide stretching parkway lined by miles of sea and sound coast, by numerous spring-fed lakes, by ancient hills and waving trees, and beautiful vistas of wood and water. Seriously, the transcript goes on like this for pages. It's wild. This new Appian Way must, ere it is two years old, become a veritable white way, rivaling Broadway. Names now, but scarcely known, will be on the tongue of every user of this great parkway. Pronounce them and see how deliciously they roll from the tongue. Ronkonkoma, Shinnecock, Aquabog. Thank their indigenous namesakes for that. We've linked to the whole speech on our website. At one point, a bold goal is set for William Vanderbilt's road. Speed unrestricted, save that necessary to ensure the safety of all users will be permitted and urged. Police traps will be but a memory. The no cops, no speed limit idea obviously didn't catch on with other roads. But Howard Kroplick says the designers who built the parkway pioneered a lot of features we still see in highways today. They had bank curves. They had guardrails. They uh, it was one of the first major roads to have bridges over the major intersections and railroad tracks. It was the first concrete road used for automobiles as well. And they moved the Vanderbilt Cup race there in 1908. As many as 300,000 people attended. That still stands as one of the biggest sporting events in history. But uh, they still had trouble with people going on to the course, even on the motor parkway. And the cars were still really dangerous. It's kind of like having a, a giant engine in the front on a, a wooden chassis with wooden spokes, no seat belts, giant engine in the front. You feel when you're driving it, you're going about twice as fast as you actually are. Uh, obviously, there's no windshield in the front. One car flew over a stone bridge and crashed on the ground below. The driver survived, but the mechanic who rode with him was killed. Another mechanic died when a car driven by Louis Chevrolet, yeah, that Chevrolet, seized up and slammed into another car. Those deaths were the last straw. The New York State Legislature that year banned racing on any roads other than self-contained racetracks. 1910 was the last Vanderbilt Cup race on Long Island. In the end, there were only six races on Long Island. Vanderbilt operated the Long Island Motor Parkway as a toll road until 1938. Then he gave it to the Nassau and Suffolk County governments in lieu of back taxes. Howard Kroplick says Vanderbilt told the New York Times he was proud of the parkway. He says, but everything that we aim for, we accomplished. We really did help build the American automobile industry, and we really did improve the quality and the need for good roads in the future. The parkway became obsolete by the 1920s. Robert Moses and others built bigger and better roads through Long Island. Today, only a few segments of it remain, including one in Queens, 
you can still race on it, but only if you're on a bicycle. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm on the road in my old Toyota Camry, looking for under-the-hood stories from New York to Boston. <laughs> 